Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So we should be perfectly clear, Don Lemon is not out at CNN, right? If Don Lemon was out at CNN, one would only assume that Corinne Jean-Pierre would be primed for the gig because all the press secretaries then get jobs at either CNN or MSNBC. Jen Psaki is now at MSNBC. And check out this fantastic audition tape from White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. We uplift the voices and accomplishments of the Hispanic community, not only during this month, but throughout the year. We also acknowledge the struggles and injustices that they face, particularly under the previous administration's attack against the community. Oh, that is Emmy award-winning stuff. Unfortunately, that's not the CNN CNN wants to be anymore. To the chagrin of people like President Biden and Corinne Jean-Pierre and the political left. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What is going on, my people's peoples? Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. Facebook. I don't pay any attention to Facebook. I give them the before and after. Go to Locals. TonyKatz.Locals.com. By the way, that's not easy to do on the air. I think I'm winded. Whoo. Ooh, that was that was that was that was rough. Don Lemon no longer has his evening show. He's moving to mornings. They're changing mornings. They're going to make Don Lemon, Poppy Harlow, and uh, Caitlin Collins, a uh, former White House correspondent, and Brianna Keeler and John Berman are leaving the morning show. This is all because of Chris Licht, L I C H T. He is the new CEO over there, and you got to remember his history. Chris Licht is the guy who built the CBS morning show and turned it from third to first. Chris Licht, this this is what what he does. This is is where he, he, he made his bones and then got the opportunity to run CNN. Remember, it was it was Jeff Zucker who really created the Today Show. And then got the CNN gig and then proceeded to go down the woke path. Licht does not seem to be interested in doing that. He seems to be wanting to change the style and the feel of CNN. Is he going to get rid of opinion? No, that would be foolhardy to get rid of opinion. The question is, what do you want your opinion to be? Now, note what I'm saying here. I am not suggesting that people who work at CNN have to change their opinion. I am suggesting that it seems obvious that CNN has decided to put forth a different opinion into the sphere. A different look at what it is they want to be. And it could be the consideration that news matters. And being a hostile enemy to half the country is a valueless proposition. Do I think they're going to get rid of every person at the network who who leans left? No, I I don't think that. I think they're going to focus on news being news and commentary being commentary. And have places where it's less of the insanity. It only has its drop-ins, and then you can have somebody else with a drop-in. And then you say, ooh, that's interesting, and you move on. 
Don Lemon was not a good host. Now, I, I will tell you, I, I have certainly have not spoken to Don Lemon for a great number of years. I doubt he would remember who I am at all. I think I was on his show once or twice uh, during some elections, and I remember meeting him at, of all places, I shouldn't say at all places, it was a place you would probably meet somebody who, who's in this world, the Iowa State Fair. This was year 2012? 2012. Nice enough dude. Bad host. Because he could not get you to believe, because I believe he wasn't being honest with himself and therefore not honest with the audience. And if you're not honest, it can't work. The only reason this show works, guys, is because you have faith that everything I'm bringing you is where my soul is. I'm bringing it to you honestly, clearly, directly, and thusly. I'm not making anything up. Nothing is shtick. If you felt what I was doing wasn't legit, you would tell me by not listening. That's how I would know it. And I believe that this is a, a problem that exists when people try and go down a path for, for a buck. You can't. Never mind the fact that it doesn't work. Because to do that, you have to start with the I hate my audience thesis. And if you start by hating the people you serve, I don't know how you're supposed to have any success. The part two is, how the hell am I supposed to sleep at night? Every day waking up saying, okay, I believe this, but I'm going to say that. That's why it's always hilarious on social media when people are like, everybody knows it's a grift. It's just a shtick you do. Dude, have you met me in real life? This is it. There is only one speed. This is it. This is the alpha and the omega. Believe me on that one. Can't lie to your audience and you can't lie to yourself. Can't, can't, I don't believe you can do it and be actually successful. You might make money out of it, but you cannot be successful. There's no way to have a, a, a soul. There's no way to be able to, to, to feel like you're living a decent life. I, I, the level of dirty you must feel every single day. When Don Lemon states that he's not a Democrat, and he said that on his show, when he states that he's not a Democrat, you're a phony. Hey, this guy's a great big phony. That's how it comes across. That's how it comes across. That you're, you're, you're just lying. So admit to what you are. Admit to what you believe. Say so. Give it a basis and a foundation. Be clear. Speak clear. But don't do that to an audience. And then, if you're going to engage, engage in toto. Is it possible that, for me, for me, is it possible that somebody on the political left can say something I agree with? Absolutely. I've discussed it here. I use as an example something locally that took place. Um, there was a, a local uh, politician, uh, state politician, state representative. I, I always get her name wrong. Um, Carrie Hamilton. I always want to say Casey, but it's Carrie Hamilton. She's a Democrat. And uh, she's in uh, the, the uh, state house, right? Uh, representative Hamilton. And she had put forth in last year's budget session in the state of Indiana, this amendment to, I forget the, the piece of legislation, but that part doesn't matter. And the amendment would remove the sales tax on diapers and feminine hygiene products. 
And I said, not having had kids young enough uh, to require diapers when I lived here, uh, when I when I moved here, and then never personally having bought a feminine hygiene product, we charge taxes on diapers? That's ridiculous. Absolutely get rid of the taxes on diapers. That is a super smart idea. If I'm the Republican Party, and I said it at the time, I'm the Republican Party, I'm like, yes! Holy cow! You, you're a Democrat and you want to get rid of taxes? Yes, 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 yes! Oh, I love it! Did you hear it, Tommy? She wants to get rid of taxes! Yes! 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 Come over here, Representative Hamilton. Let's take a picture together. Oh my gosh, we're going to get this through. We are going to make this huge. This is a great idea. Great idea, Representative Hamilton. And by the way, as a matter of fact, we got 10 more things we want to get rid of the taxes on. Let's go to work. Let's pass that too. Huh, 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 huh. Why wouldn't you do that? Not this Republican Party in the state of Indiana. They paid no attention to it. They paid absolutely no attention to it. Didn't even, I don't even think it got a vote. It made its way back in the special session when they were discussing abortion, and it got done, I think, just on the diaper side. It was a good idea. Make it a little bit easier for Hoosier families. Every state in the union should put an end to a sales tax on diapers. That's a super smart idea. I didn't even know that it was happening. Now that I know it's happening, this is such a good idea. Every state in the union should be like, no tax on diapers. No tax on diapers. It's a little thing. It's a little thing, but it says something extremely important. And I, that's, why I, that's why I favor it so, so, so incredibly greatly. There's an example of something I discuss on this show. When I hear Republicans engage in a way that I don't think moves the cause of conservatism, I say so, even when it's Donald Trump, and that is to a fair amount of chagrin from many people who listen to the show. And what I say is, yeah, that's the way it goes sometimes. You have to be honest at all times. You have to be. And I don't think Don Lemon was. Now, what makes me think that this shift is going to, to a morning show is going to make a difference for him? I actually don't believe it. But I'm willing to, to see what happens. I think that's exactly what Chris Licht is doing. Maybe there is something there that is salvageable. But CNN, as it stands, not salvageable. Not salvageable. There's nothing you can do with it. CNN doesn't work as a network because CNN is not built right now on news. It's built on hating Trump. Therefore, I must ask the question, when does Jim Acosta get shown the door? Brian Stelter gets shown the door. John Harwood gets shown the door. Tubin is, is, is out. When does... Jim Acosta, a man who made his bones by taking on the evil of Trump, when does he get shown the door? Because people with personal vendettas and people who want to make it about themselves, that's not what CNN needs to be about. That's not what anything should be about. It has to be about the audience. Can the audience handle an opinion that is different from theirs? Yes, I believe they can. 
And I believe it's important when the moment is right, meaning when it's real, when it's actual, not in any way manufactured. Brian Stelter, Jim Acosta, they're in the manufacturing business. And that's what the audience despises. So if this is Chris Licht's move to make sure the news is actually the news and the opinion is based on a place of earnestness as opposed to, as opposed to a place of opportunism, I'm all down for this. And if you can get Don Lemon to be a guy who engages in earnestness as opposed to opportunism, there's a great opportunity for Don Lemon to be pretty good in the morning. I just don't know if I bet the farm on it. I think it's interesting that he's keeping Poppy Harlow, bringing in Caitlin Collins and Don Lemon. I What I find interesting in this move from CNN, outsider looking in, is that he kept the morning show in-house when they've tried multiple times, multiple bites at the apple, whether it be, remember, Chris Cuomo did mornings and then they had it with Allison Camarota and John Berman and they moved Camarota out and they moved Bri- uh, Brianna Keeler in. They keep keeping it in the family. Maybe there's something wrong with the family. Maybe there's something wrong with the family and you got to look outside the family. You got to show the audience that you're really trying to do something as opposed to trying to just make everything fit with the people that you have. Now, if I quote Rumsfeld, you don't go to war with the army you wish you had. You go to war with the army you had. And maybe you take a shot at it while you're trying to figure out who you're going to hire over here. And for the record, if I got offered a CNN gig, I'd be be hard-pressed not to take it, especially with what they're trying. At least as I see it, because that'd be interesting. That'd be super interesting uh, to to try. But I, I I'm not I'm not gonna give up what I do for it. I'm not moving uh, for it. Not none of that kind of stuff. And oh by the way, I'm not gonna get the phone call. So so that's not gonna happen. But it goes to the idea of if they really want to make changes, they need to actually make them. You see, I'm willing to. Maybe it's because I'm naive. Maybe it's because I'm just, you know, a glass half full kind of guy. Maybe it's because to the extent that we're in the same business, we're in the same business. I'm willing to give Don Lemon a shot to see if he can make it better. But I would also, in doing that, be naive to the reality and not recognizing it honestly that his brand is already damaged. That if it is, as I suggested earlier, that people don't have faith, they don't believe him, they don't trust him, well, then they don't trust him. If they don't trust him, there's nothing else that could possibly happen. Game over, man. It's game over. That's it. So if that's the case, it doesn't matter where you put the dude. It doesn't matter where you put him. The audience isn't going to trust him. And I think this is something that, that, that Chris Licht is going to need to, to connect with. And it could be that, you know, him having more experience in this than I, he, he already has. Um, he, but he may be like, you know what, I got to try this. I have these people under contract. Let me see what I can make work. If it doesn't work, then I can always go to the other thing, but at least I gave it a shot. And, that's, and that matters. The process matters. Right? 
We've all done it with all sorts of things. We've done it with employees. We've done it with girlfriends. We've all done it. And it could be what they what, what what's going on with him as well. It could be what's going on with him as, as well. Personally, I welcome these changes because I'm hoping what it creates is a better news outlet. Because when CNN does news, like they did in the pullout of Afghanistan, you forget. You go back to those days of the invasion of Iraq. You go back to what CNN was doing, and it was, it was, it was incredible. And you watch Clarissa Ward doing that that uh, reporting after the pullout, the botch pullout of Afghanistan, and she stayed and she did the reporting, and you're like, my gosh, this is incredible. In incredible. You remember how they used to be, and you're like, that, I'll watch that all freaking day. So I'm hoping for that, really hoping for that. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. I'm still on the hunt for beef ribs. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Uh, this weekend, I was going to I was gonna smoke some, some beef ribs. I have a, a standing rib roast that I usually do Oddly enough, I do it in the oven. I, I, I pull out the cast iron, I sear it, and then uh, in in the oven, and it's it's at, at like 450, uh, and it's um, the number. It, it's you take the amount of pounds. I think it's a five pound, and it's seven minutes per pound, so it's 35 minutes at 450, and then you turn off the oven and you leave it in the oven for like two hours, and it comes out glorious. Uh, kosher salt, black pepper. Could not be more happy with how that turns out time and time again. This time, I want to smoke it for like two to three hours, low and slow, like like a 200. And then I want to put it uh, in, in the oven and kind of see if I can get the smoke and then get the crust. Oh, it's, not a, it's not a reverse sear, but in my head it plays that way. Does that make sense? Does that make sense at all? And then uh, I wanna I wanna do some do some ribs. My kids are nuts about beef ribs. I, I've always been crazier about beef ribs and pork ribs. Um, and and now and now I I don't I, my my youngest never ever ate pork. Loves pigs. Refused to eat pork. Uh, and and my oldest is like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna see how this kosher thing goes. I'm like, all right. Let's let's see how it goes down. So so beef ribs are plenty here at the cat's household. So I, I want to do beef ribs. So I need I need where do I go for the good beef ribs? Where do I get the deal on the good beef ribs? So if you know, if you know, you just gotta tell me. Tony at TonyCats.com. You can email me. Or uh, the one good thing Twitter is for. Uh, at Tony Katz on the Twitter box. You can do that. You can do that as well. Let me know. Let me know where I get the good beef ribs. Cause uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to do some work. And then if you've got a rub idea, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. I think I got it, but I'm always willing to listen. Always willing. Find everything. TonyCats.locals.com. TonyCats.locals.com. you got to love this investment into the plant there in Marion. The General Motors plant, nearly $500 million dollars. They're going to start doing more electric vehicles there. I Look, my, my issue is not with electric vehicles. My issue is with changing the idea that, uh, you know, or, or pushing the idea that every vehicle should be electric. No, 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 and no. 
Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. While this investment prepares the facility for our all-electric future, it's really an investment in our talented Marion team and will keep the plant working for many years to come. This, according to Gerald Johnson, the executive vice president at General Motors of global manufacturing and sustainability. Oh, don't go to an all-electric future. You're making such a holy damn mistake. It's such a mistake. I, can't, I cannot say enough. And they're not going to listen. Uh, to to me though they they're, they're not they're not going to listen to me uh, on this they're going to say whatever the government wants that's what we'll do as opposed to saying you know what gas powered vehicles still matter and so let's keep making them because we're not a country that can handle an all electric fleet we don't have enough chargers you got to create electricity for the chargers we don't have a way to do that unless we're going to start firing up the coal power plants we can get some nuclear plants nope well i guess that leaves the oil I guess that leaves the oil. So this pretend of look at the good we're doing for the environment, the power gets created somehow. The power gets created somehow. You, you know what? I, I think we've spoken enough about this. I, I, I can't. I can't continue with these people. I'm just happy to see the investment in Indiana. It may not be going the way I think it should go, but as long as the investment's in Indiana, I, I feel good. I feel pe- good for the people who work uh, at, at the plants. We want, we want to have, we want to see growth in, in, in the state. Now, is there such a thing as wrong growth? Yes, I, I believe that is true. I don't think electric vehicles is wrong growth if it's part of a, of a platform. Remember, we're not talking about uh, it's not like Indiana's contributing to the destruction of society. This is what they want to build. If somebody wants to build weird widgets that have no real application, but they want to build them here and they're willing to pay uh, for the facilities here and willing to pay for the jobs here, we, we would say yes. I think that the push to all electric is a problem for our society. I wouldn't tell Indiana not to make the things because, well, they're going to get made somewhere. What we need to do is have a federal government that understands you need an all-in approach. There's nothing wrong with electric vehicles. There's something wrong with pretending that all, all, an all-electric world is going to solve our problems and isn't going to lead to tremendous other problems. It's going to lead to a tremendous amount of other problems. Getting rid of gas-powered vehicles is a bad idea on the federal level, and this pressure that's being put on uh, auto manufacturers is nonsense. That auto manufacturers are buying into it, I think is shameful and silly. I think it's, it's doing the, the shareholders dirty, never mind their long-term future. They want to put $500 billion into Indiana, $500 million into Indiana. Great. After five years, is that plant going to shutter? Because people are like, hey, uh, no one can afford these electric vehicles. We can't really make them as cheap as we thought. You can't really get to a, a, a charger. The electricity costs too much money. So there's less people needing these things. Less people are driving these things. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying you need the gas. Let's not lie to ourselves let's not kid ourselves we move it a little closer to home and we take a look at the fantastic mayor of zionsville emily styron who was last uh, seen screaming at her constituents it's exactly what she sounds like 
This was the mayor who uh, tired of of people getting killed by firearms. I'm tired of people getting killed, uh, you know, whether they're stabbed or beaten. Uh, and she's just so angry about firearms when uh, a constituent asked her a, a rational question. It was, F you this and F you that and how dare you. I have more from Emily Styron. F these people. I mean, she's just... just was screaming and yelling and didn't care. And there were people applauding her. Applauding the way she was talking to constituents. I said at the time, well, this means she's now going to be the Democratic nominee for governor. Oh, this is the kind of stuff they love. Look how tough she is. And you had, uh, it was Joe Hogsett, right? It was it was the mayor of Indianapolis, Joe Hogsett, who was trying to make jokes about uh, what she was saying. Oh, man, you know, uh, I, I wish I could say that. Things like that. Speaking of Joe Hogsett. Yeah. Mayor Joe Hogsett. I'm just saying I haven't seen him in a while. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where the man is. No idea. What I'd like to know is where he was for two nights of riots in Indianapolis. Uh, they say that he was uh, monitoring things from his home. Can I know what kind of emails were sent back and forth? What kind of messages, phone calls? Can I get uh, any any logs, any transcripts, any anything? Somebody want to help me file a FOIA request? I'd like to know how uh, the mayor was in touch with police or with National Guard or with the governor's office in two nights of riots that left people dead and banks burned and the city just disheveled as all get out. Where was he? He was at home? Show me how he was working from the command center there. It's something I'd like to to get the news on. Back to Mayor Styron, the story from Wish TV. That the Indiana State Board of Accounts audit, citing the Zionsville government for several hundred thousands of dollars of questionable spending. So there's a guy by the name of Jason Plunkett. I do not know Jason Plunkett. I couldn't pick Jason Plunkett out of a lineup. A Republican, president of the Zionsville Town Council, uh, Mayor Styron, is a Democrat. And I guess they wanted to renovate a three-year-old building, and according to Plunkett, the town council didn't feel it was appropriate to renovate a three-year-old building in the middle of a pandemic when it was not being used. But somehow that happened. $205,585, the town council did not approve the spending. So the Board of Accounts audit notes that the spending was a violation of state law. The mayor, Emily Styron, went forward with the work, according to Plunkett, talking to Wish TV. So the council's like, we want information. We don't want to pay for this. What are you doing? And they, the, the council got told they have a contractual obligation because the mayor entered into it and you'd be forced to pay it or you'd open yourselves up to litigation. That's when the State Board of Accounts audit also found that the payroll account was overdrawn by $752,000. Yeah, that's a, that's a genuine problem as they say in the business. $752,000 overdrawn. 
This also coming from seemingly the mayor. The mayor says that the the software didn't work. The system has failed to live up to its expectations. After implementation, the town became aware that the software firm, software firm had not developed the necessary Indiana regulatory and statutory reports. That's a statement she gave to Wish TV. Didn't speak to them. Plunkett from the town council was like, this is not just about a software glitch. Legal fees that were paid with purchase cards. Claims paid to vendors that were not approved by the town council. As Plunkett says, our struggle is the state board of accounts recommends an, an investigation because of the negative account balances. But we can't, and I can't as town council president, enter into a contract with someone to come investigate the town's finances. That would have to be something signed by the mayor. So the mayor is spending the city of Zionsville's money, and the mayor is unaccountable to the town council. Wow. That's a... That's a, that's a deal and a half for her. The town council expects more issues in the next audit. I want to know what the people of Zionsville are going to do uh, about this out-of-control mayor and this spending. Town council can't, can't reel her in. Uh, I might suggest a full-on resignation of the entire council uh, as a show of no confidence. I also would uh, assume, I'm making an assumption here, that there is no vehicle uh, by which you can engage recall. Um, I don't know. Very often I'm not quite sure how the recall laws work. It, it, can it be done by a city? Do you have to have a certain, uh, by a town, can, do you have a certain designation in order to engage a recall? But you may want to start looking into that and push that out there. Let Styron, you know, dismiss it. But start putting it out there as as a piece, uh, as a political piece, certainly. Um, but uh, be clear that you elected somebody who is ruinous of your city, uh, screaming at constituents and cursing at them regarding the Second Amendment because you think you know everything about the Second Amendment. You don't pay any attention to the idea of good guy with gun. You don't pay any attention to the idea that people have lives saved and their own lives saved because of a firearm. You don't pay any attention to the recognition and the reality that there are millions of lawful gun owners all across the the country tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, right here in central Indiana who carry a firearm day in and day out, have firearms in their homes day in and day out without a single incident. You don't care about those people. You hate those people, and you don't think they should be allowed to have a firearm. And you curse and you scream and you yell because you're not capable of just engaging a rational conversation, utilizing the words that come out of your mouth. Now, I should note that that has happened to me before. When I clearly am somebody who possesses the skill set, I allowed emotion to get the best of me. It happens to everybody once. Once. After that, there's no other excuse. She had her once. And I would state that as an elected official, it's different than when it's done by a private citizen. Elected officials are held to a different standard, are held and should be held to a higher standard. And so for that, she should have to deal with the consequences of her actions. No consequences came because the Indiana Democratic Party and others really thought it was awesome for a mayor to scream at and curse at constituents. They thought that was super keen. Hey, why didn't we try this earlier? But we're talking about the misappropriation in the view of the council 
and the view of the State Board of Accounts and possibly in the view of the residents of Zionsville, the misappropriation of over $800,000. This requires a response from the city of Zionsville. It requires action. It requires movement. So the question is, what are you going to do? What's the plan? And that's why I suggest to the town council, possibly, I'm not saying this is the only way to do it. I'd be a fool if I said that. It's very possible you all have to just resign and be like, you know what? This mayor's out of control and we're not going to be a part uh, of this. She's destroying the city. We're powerless to stop her. The only thing we can do is show you, the citizens of Zionsville, how serious this is. We're out. I'm saying that it is an option. Someone may have a better option than that. And certainly, if I were the people of Zionsville, taking a look at this $800,000 issue, I might show up at the steps of uh, the, 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 wherever you have your, 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 your capital offices and uh, maybe with a couple thousand people and demand answers. Now, someone's going to tell me, Tony, you're inciting violence. No, 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 no. I favor protest. I don't think you could even incite a, a protest. I'm talking about protest. I favor protest and getting answers to questions. The mayor has to answer for an $800,000 discrepancy as discovered by the State Board of Accounts. Sometimes that requires showing up and holding signs and saying, what the hell happened to our money? What are you doing? Why are you operating like this? So why not? Why not do that? That's somehow wrong? That's not wrong. A redress of grievances? That seems to be exactly what the First Amendment is for. And there are some grievances here that I have to assume that uh, the people of Zionsville have, unless they're cool with this. Um, if if uh, they're, they're cool with this, well, then uh, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different uh, thing right there. If they're cool with this, uh, well, then, you know, you're on your own, Zionsville. You're, you're absolutely on your own. If you're cool with this, then you, oh, well, okay, um, be, best, best of luck. If you're not cool with this, do something about it. You really, really should. I'm Tony Katz. I love this piece about NBC News getting upset that people notice that John Fetterman, the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, who had the stroke, he's running for Senate against Mehmet Oz, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, that he's not okay. He's not okay, and NBC News is angry that people are sharing video, and they're trying to get the video removed. How, how dare you show this? It was deceptively edited. No, it was not. We actually played it here and stated that there were clips that were edited together, but there was nothing deceptively edited. John Fetterman can't complete a sentence. 
I don't think it's anything to mock. I think it's a serious issue. The man had a stroke. Maybe for somebody uh, recovering from a stroke, he's doing remarkably well. But that doesn't mean it's well enough to be able to run for Senate or sit as a senator. There's a difference between those two things. We should say so honestly, clearly, directly, and thusly. There's a serious difference between those two things. So we should not be people who are okay with somebody who isn't of sound mind being elected. And we shouldn't be okay with a party running somebody and hiding them from view while claiming, oh, you see, well, their opponent, their opponent hates puppies or whatever it is they want to say. I think uh, Democrats in Pennsylvania want to make it all about abortion as if somehow that's the subject that's moving people. But it's been fascinating. Uh, abortion comes up, but people really are focused on the economy. Then why, then why is abortion and do moving anything in this election? What, what, what an odd thing. What an odd, odd thing. It's an odd thing to think that John Fetterman is okay. He's not. But NBC News, fighting like you wouldn't believe, misrepresenting quotes from people, doing everything to try and prop up and support John Fetterman. Wrong as wrong as wrong can be. This is, this is not, this is not a way to act. This is not the thing to do. Uh, campaigns need to be honest, and the press needs to ensure that that honesty is happening. Is John Fetterman fit for office? That's the only question. Right now, I think the answer is no. I'm Tony Katz.